Hello, audiobook fans. Welcome to another episode of Harper Audio Presents. We're going to have to wash our mouths out with soap after this episode because today we're focusing on four-letter words. Now, four-letter words, particularly the kind that we must bleep out, have found their way into the titles of a lot of big, popular audiobooks recently, and we're going to celebrate them all today. Later in the episode, it's the return of everyone's favorite segment, Word Nerd, with Fometa Sawyer. Fometa is going to improve everyone's potty mouth vernacular with some old-fashioned four-letter words. But first, we want to give you, the listener, a chance to win some free audiobooks. So that means it's time for the listening party. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets, uh, inanimate objects that have human feelings, uh, did any anything and everyone else that could possibly be listening. Uh, this is the listening party. This is everyone's favorite segment on the show. Woo! Yeah. Ah! Uh, <laughs> one person was falling down a well. Apparently. I don't know what that sound was. <laughs> um, that was my echo. <laughs> as you all know, we're going to be giving away some free audiobooks, and we're going to be playing clips from them. Well, they're not free audiobooks. They cost money, but we're going to give them away. Yeah, so we're going to give them away to one lucky winner. Uh, thank you for that clarification, Game Master Nathan. This Mwah. is <laughs> this is Andrew, as always. Uh, you can't get rid of me. Many have tried. Everyone has failed. We also have Game Master Nathan in the room. Game How's Master Nathan, how are you? I'm doing well today. <laughs> uh, we also have Fometa returning, returning two time. Making my... <laughs> I was about to say debut, but that doesn't make sense. No, your your <laughs> return, return. Yeah. Rilling return. listening party, thrilling return. Yes, we do have a debut though. Yeah, yes, you're trying to usurp Pete's debut. I know. Yeah, we have a debut. We, we got, got Pete in the room. Pete, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me on the pod. Oh, no problem. I think we forced you onto this. I think we said you're going to do this, and you're like, okay. I am handcuffed to the chair right now. Right. Don't don't they, move they too much, or else they'll be able to hear the rattling. Yeah. Um. How excited are you for your first listening party? What the heck is a listening party? Oh, yeah, that's a good good thing. We have not told you actually Great what segue. you're doing. <laughs> um, incredibly smooth, natural segue. So listening party, we've got five audiobooks. We're going to play clips from these audiobooks. And in, uh, across these audiobooks, there is one secret word. <laughs> yeah. Secret. And this uh, this word is not a or the. It's not like a small, tiny word. You'll know it when you hear it, when you figure out what it is. The listeners at home are going to try to identify the correct word. And from all of the people who correctly identify the secret word, we're going to give away to one of them at random uh, all five of these wonderful audiobooks. That's right. Yeah. Do you feel like you sufficiently get it? <laughs> Am I allowed to say no? Yeah, you're allowed to say no. No, no, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's easier in practice. It's one of those where like you get the board game and you take out the rules and start reading them out loud, and then someone gets really impatient. It's like let's let's just play it. We'll figure it out as we go. Yes. Uh, Bill Bill O'Reilly will say, "F it, we'll do it live," which actually is a good segue because there's something uh, very similar about all of the audiobooks that we have today. What's and They all feature four letter words in their titles. Just regular four-letter words? No, four-letter words that have to have an asterisk in them. Uh, it, it, 
at different places in the words in some of these too. I think. I think uh, Fermenta's going to get mad at you because he said asterisk instead I of asterisk. asterisk. It is asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> then we're Nathan gonna, knows me very well. Then I was thinking. Cut that. his I mic. was going to let yeah. it go. In the transcript of this episode, we'll have to put an asterisk next to when I said asterisk. Yeah. Fermenta, are you going to talk about asterisk on Word Nerd? I might. That could be. <laughs> Words that everyone has trouble saying. Yeah, that actually is one that's pretty. Yeah, pretty that's bad. pretty common. Yeah. Um, but this isn't word nerd. This is the listening party. Before we hop in, there are so many books with four letter words in the title now. Like this, this was not hard. Like coming up with this list and creating it. Uh, I want to pose. Well, first, what is everybody's favorite four letter word? Bowl. Ooh, nice. Mine. I really like the word corn. Ooh. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, I figured since I'm this is my podcast debut, I I have to show my favorite four-letter word, which I heard recently in the podcast business. Um, it's called podk, which is short for podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is tuft. Uh, Tuft is a good one. Tuft is good because it sounds like it should be a four-letter word that's bleeped out, even though it's not. I feel like it sounds dirtier than it is. Oh, we're going to bleep it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's getting bleeped out. So why do we think that this trend has happened? Why have we had this explosion of books with with four-letter words in the title? I mean, I think it's really because they sold so many copies. Yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> yeah. There, and it all started with a HarperCollins book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F*** yeah. by Mark Manson, which we're not going to play today, but we are going to be playing a clip from the follow-up. Yeah, I think it, it it's not a coincidence. I think that most of the books that have a four-letter word in the title are self-help, personal development, growth, money management. All They're all kind of in that world of like embitterment. That's yeah. not a. That's not a really a word. Um, <laughs> Improvement. Embiggins. Uh, <laughs> it's a perfectly cromulent word. I think it's not a mistake that they're in that genre because if you think of yourself at the virtual or real bookstore and looking at a wall of all those kinds of books, that the ones that have the four letter words certainly stick out. Uh, in that sense, that's oh, yeah. true. I think also if you've gotten yourself to a stage where you you're like hey I'm gonna I'm gonna work on this I'm gonna work on that you're probably at the stage where you're using some four letter words so it's <laughs> it's probably it's appropriate you're like uh, let's get this together <laughs> it works because each title should be like what you say before you're like I need to stop what I'm doing and Read buy this, this book, book. yeah exactly <laughs> do we think that this is a, a long lasting trend like a uh, seatbelt, or is it a a fad that will play out like Furbies? Was seatbelts ever considered a trend? I think so, probably. <laughs> well, they're like, oh, these wild kids and their safety. Like, I think, I think it's probably pretty. It's much more recent than you would think that they became like a regulated thing that all I, cars yeah, had to have. But I mean, I don't think they were viewed by the public as like a, a, a fad. passing fad. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't ask anybody, so so we can't uh, make That's me. That's true because all the people who were against yeah. them are died because they didn't wear their seatbelts. Seat <laughs> so is it going to be like the seatbelt or is it going to be like the Furby? Seatbelt or Furby? The seatbelt The perpetual question. Um, I think somewhere in the middle, maybe a Serby or a feet belt. <laughs> More like a Pokemon card? I was, th I was yes. thinking Pokemon. Pokemon, yeah. It's going to be yeah. resurfacing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> 
What do you think the title will be of the book that kills this trend? That everyone Ooh. will say that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. When there's more asterisks than letters and you just can't. Yeah, when can't it's just say it out loud. When it's just a bunch of uh, what's the word? Articles and Grawlixes. Do you know that word? That's no, tell me about Grawlixes. <laughs> is that a Pokemon? I don't think I have that card. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Um, I might bring this up later it's in a ground Warner, type. but I happened upon this word when I was thinking about four-letter word uh, books and four-letter words. Grawlix is the word, I forgot who made it up, but um, when in comics, when it's just a bunch of symbols oh. that represent swearing, that's yeah. it's called a Grawlix. It also sounds like a word that should be censored. Yeah, yeah it really <laughs> does. So it will be just like someone working in publishing will be at their desk trying to search in the system one of those books and yeah. like won't be able to do it. And they're like, that's it. This is done. It's like the <laughs> of the... <laughs> 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 of the believe all of so th- should we hop in to the actual listening party let's get to get to our first clip great um let's start these are all going to be really fun to say let's start with stop doing that uh which is how it should be read and that in like that inflection uh, inflection yeah this is from gary john bishop um he also did a little book called un yourself that's right um and this is self-help this is personal growth it is about finding the moments in your life where you constantly make excuses and uh, stop doing that uh so it's about taking responsibility for the negative stuff that's holding us back and breaking through i got a fun inside baseball fact about great let's do it about this book it's a really quick listen it's about, how long is it? It's, it is uh, four, uh, five hours. Yeah, it's about five hours. Gary John Bishop does the narration. He narrated the book. Mm-hmm. He recorded the entire book in one sitting <laughs> while on a fast or oh, a cleanse. Right. Yeah. I remember that, yeah. Straight through. <sighs> yeah. He wins the degree of difficulty, like <laughs> yeah. a word for audiobook recording. <laughs> There's no magical secret to your life, no single potion, no mystical source to your stuff, no one thing that can turn you into your greatest self or gushing with new age purpose. You're more like a body of work than a body, and there's always work to do, new levels of effectiveness and aliveness to unpack and explore. And every day of your life, you're either getting yourself on the hook for that task or you're dead in the water, period. The universe doesn't have your back, your front, your top, or your bottom, and things only happen for the reason you give them. That's it. Stop indulging yourself with fantasies and dramas and unresolved issues. Wake the hell up. Every experience you have, from anger to depression to joy, excitement, and apathy, they're all human but you don't have to jump into bed with them every time they show up in your head. They're all appropriate to the human experience. Just don't get hooked on any one of them. You're not broken. There's nothing to fix. You're not a chair. You're an expression. So get out there and express your future. Make it something great, something worth giving your life to. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I think there's one thing that uh, 
sticks out about Gary John Bishop's recordings when you listen to them, and we're all going to say it together in the count of three. One, two, three. His accent. (laughs) (laughs) But yes. Well, maybe we should transition from that delightful voice to four delightful voices on top of each other. Yep, we're going to play four of the clips simultaneously. (laughs) Uh, Well, we don't even have to do that. We have a book that does it for us. And this is the hidden power of up. Because that's exactly how it sounds when they say it. (laughs) Day Street Books and Harper Audio present The Hidden Power of Up. I think I did okay. (laughs) By the Try Guys. So this is by the Try Guys. Uh, All four of them, they crammed themselves together into the booth and recorded themselves doing like their own parts, sometimes saying the same thing simultaneously at the same time, which is much uh, harder than it sounds. Uh, this is a really, really fun one. Who had not heard the Try Guys before this? I hadn't. Okay. I hadn't either, yeah. I'd seen them. we're all old. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're old people. <laughs> Whatever. Speak for yourself. Yeah. I'm such a youth. The young people love the Try Guys. They're huge on YouTube. They are big into kind of going out and, as their name says, trying a bunch of stuff, learning about a bunch of stuff that we would never do. Uh, and their book is about trying and failing in particular and how to best deal uh, with that and how trying and failing can really unlock a lot of successes. It's a very much a two steps back, or no, one step back, two steps forward kind of book. There's Man. a lot of Paula Abdul in there. Yeah, there's, there's... That's a deep cut for you 90s babies. <laughs> a deep Paula Abdul cut. Um so I think they speak for themselves better than I ever could. So let's hop into the Try Guys. Chapter one, our philosophy and why Yoda is bullshit. We had to try. The waves were much higher and far more frightening than they were supposed to be. A storm was brewing, and angry clouds gathered on the horizon, inching closer as the turbulent waves thrashed our dingy life raft like a rag doll. Having already pulled myself onto the raft, Ned and I lifted Zach's tiny, tiny little body from the icy water. Ooh, it's so cold. <laughs> then all three of us hoisted Keith's much larger body up. I'm so big. For a moment, it seemed like the crisis was over. And then Keith started vomiting. Keith, not in the audio booth. Come on. Keith, we have to film in here all day. (laughs) Every video has a plan, but this one wasn't going according to ours. Now, I am a survival show aficionado, so I was supposed to save the day, uniting our fractured family and swooping in during the video's climax to lead our rescue. Yay! Yay! (laughs) But that was then, this is now, and Keith was lost to us. With each wave, Keith fell deeper and deeper into an abyss of nausea. Is that the most like unique recording 
of an audiobook that we've done in forever? Yeah. I think probably, yeah. 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 We've gone full sound design, full cast recordings, but this is to the extreme in the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> I pictured them when you said that they were all crammed together. I pictured them like um, 60s style. Do you remember that trend? Speaking of trends, do you remember that trend where... <laughs> from the 60s? From the 60s. Yeah. Yes, because you're so old. Yeah. Where they used to see how many people they could fit in a phone booth. Yeah, do you remember I do remember. That? I feel like I that happened at college for me. That like or Volkswagen Beetles, or maybe both. I think they were cramming themselves into tiny things a lot in the 60s. Yeah. They needed hobbies. Did the Beatles do that in one of their movies? movies and then like did they do that in hell is it help? They, like, i think it's help it yeah they're like what so. if we could get more beetles in a beetle <laughs> if you haven't looked at it already everyone should see they one of their try guy videos they did was about trying to do an audiobook so we have the footage of them in the booth squished or otherwise trying to record this audiobook which is a lot harder than people realize so yeah they get a yeah. vocal coach who uh <laughs> who helps them out they they learn a lot of bad things about their own voices nice. so the try guys incredibly fun i would say this is one of those that even if you're not someone who's into self help i feel like that, that is a really good listen regardless of that the next one we got up is uh i used to be a miserable f- <laughs> which is maybe the most fun title to say out of all of these. And they're all very fun to say. Uh, This is by John Kim, who is also known world over as the angry Angry therapist. therapist. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, well, well, the title says he used to be miserable. (laughs) It's great. He's not miserable anymore, but he's not, he's not happy sounding. Yeah, (laughs) he definitely is not. So the angry therapist trying to help specifically men find happiness in their relationships and more purpose in their lives. This is a uh, this is good for people who are post-divorce looking for self-improvement. Uh, John Kim puts it the best, I think, in saying that this is self-help in a shot glass. And I find that very specific. I know exactly what I'm dealing with at that point. And you're about to know exactly what he's dealing with because here's a clip from I used to be a miserable <laughs> Behavior ripples. If you're whiny at work or in the CrossFit box, you're probably whiny in other areas of your life as well. Okay, so I'm just going to cut to the chase and give you the most embarrassing example. I don't think I've ever told anyone this. I was in my early 30s and married. We weren't having much sex at the time due to our relationship drifting. This one night, I really wanted to have sex. She didn't. I remember lying in bed, flipping and tossing my body around wildly. It is almost comedic as I think back on it, like a Saturday Night Live skit. A 30-year-old man flip-flopping around in bed like a fish out of water because he didn't get what he wanted. I'm pretty positive it prevented her from sleeping and most likely kept her up wondering what kind of 12-year-old she had just married. Sexy, right? As men, we have a responsibility for our own happiness. Whining and complaining are often the result of us not taking responsibility for that. The example above about me whining because I didn't get sex wasn't about sex. I was whining because I wasn't happy. I was whining because I wasn't where I wanted to be in my career. I was whining because I didn't like myself. I was whining because I wanted someone else to fill my empty spaces. What do you whine and complain about the most often? Your job, your boss, where you're at in your career, your girlfriend not doing things you want her to, or the way you want her to, how much money you're making, your body, your family? First, ask yourself if you're generally happy. Or if, like I was, you're a miserable f- 
If it's the latter, your constant whining is a sign that it's time to change yourself and your life so you start taking responsibility for your happiness. So, Fimeta, do you think that you are a better man after listening to that? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like such a better man. Thank you for asking, Andrew. Yeah, no problem. So the next title we have up is How to Stay Human in a F***ed Up World. Uh, So this is for people who don't want to become, you know, something other than human. People who want to stay human. People who want to avoid being a miserable Yes, exactly. And this is uh, written by Tim Desmond. Uh, This is Mindful Practices for the Real Life. And it poses the question, how can we be more mindful when the world is this up? Uh, So here is Tim Desmond reading How to Stay Human in a Up World. Just a few years ago, I couldn't have written this book. When Annie and I first arrived at Morning Sun Mindfulness Center, there were so many positive conditions in my life that everything I did felt effortless. I could practice meditation several hours a day, and I was surrounded by an abundance of community. Even in the middle of 15-hour days organizing at Occupy Wall Street, I felt light and joyful most of the time. But that was then. As Annie's health continues to deteriorate and our son is about to turn five, my practice today is less about how to walk on water and more about how not to drown. The amounts of chaos and pain in my family have forced me to deepen my practice, and for that I'm thankful. I know I'm not the only one who is in danger of being overwhelmed by suffering by personal tragedy, as well as by the violence and oppression in the world. I offer you this book in the hope that my experience will benefit you in some way. How do we all feel about our mindfulness? Because I think that is what sets this book apart, is it's like, it's focused on the idea of being mindful. I feel like sometimes I I don't remember things I just walked past, so I'm probably not very mindful. No hope. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. The the people in this room are so so not mindful. They did not realize that that question was directed towards them. Hope is a four-letter word. It sure is. And man, what a segue. Wow. Because our final book is from the man, the legend, the guy who started this whole craze. Mark Manson and his new book, Everything is F***, subtitle, A Book About Hope. Ooh. So there you go, Pete. Um, so this is the the follow-up to The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F***, which you all already have. I don't know how there's anyone left on planet Earth who doesn't have this audiobook because it's, it's sold that much. This one focuses on kind of a similar idea as how to stay human in a fucked up world in that it's looking at the time that we live in now is being like, well, technology is better than it's ever been. Materially, we have everything we could ever want, but somehow the world seems worse than ever. Global warming, politics, stepping in gum, all the big things that can make, (laughs) that one's not in the book, Uh, all the big things that can make uh, life feel insurmountable. And this is about tackling that feeling. 
So in this book, Mark also draws from a really big pool of psychological research on these kinds of topics. And he looks specifically at different times uh, of wisdom and philosophy and specifically how like different other people have dealt with this question. People from Plato to Tom Waits. I mean, I feel like that fits everyone <laughs> that's in quite between a spectrum. It. <laughs> yeah, that's the entire spectrum. So, uh, without further ado, here is everything is f-ed. in the late nineteenth century, during a mild and glorious summer in the Swiss Alps, a hermetic philosopher, a self-anointed dynamite of mind and spirit metaphorically came down off his mountaintop and with his own money published a book. The book was his gift to mankind, a gift that stood boldly upon the doorstep of the modern world and announced the words that would make the philosopher famous long after his death. It announced, God is dead, and more. It announced that the echoes of this death would be the harbinger of a new and dangerous age that would challenge us all. The philosopher spoke these words as a warning. He spoke them as a watchman. He spoke for us all. Yet, the book sold fewer than 40 copies. Metta von Salis woke before dawn to light the fire to boil water for the philosopher's tea. She fetched ice to cool the blankets for his achy joints. She gathered bones from yesterday's dinner to begin stewing a broth that would settle his stomach. She hand-washed his soiled linens, and soon he would need his hair cropped and his mustache trimmed, and she realized she had forgotten to fetch a new razor. This was Meta's third summer caring for Friedrich Nietzsche, and probably, she figured, her last. So that is everything is f- Um, I feel more hopeful now from hearing that. That was the listening party. Those are the five clips. There is one secret word. Secret word. Secret word. Secret word. In there. Um, and you got to get it right if you want to win the prize, which we know you do. And that prize, again, is all five of these audiobooks. I can't believe how much of a more like actualized person the winner will be and what a terrible potty mouth they will have. <laughs> so um, hopeful. <laughs> Pete, how do you feel at the end of your first listening party? I'm ready to find out what that secret word is. <laughs> <laughs> Again, for your chance to win the listening party, go to the link in the show notes and enter by telling us the correct shared word across all the clips. If you can't see the show notes, then go to harperaudio.hc.com slash July listening party to enter. The winner will receive all five audiobooks we talked about during the party today, but you gotta correctly guess the secret word to be eligible. The window of eligibility is gonna be open until August 10th, so get on it today. Now, to end the episode, we're turning things over to Fometa Sawyer, who's about to subject an unsuspecting Harper Audio team member to Word Nerd. Hello, and welcome to another installment of Word Nerd. Word Nerd. Word Nerd. Word Nerd. The segment where we discuss how to say things. My name is Fometa, and I'm the resident Word Nerd here at Harper Audio. Today's topic is, drum roll please, (laughs) 
Thank you for that. Curse words. <laughs> My favorite thing. Yes. Is this why you asked me to do this? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay, so that's right. Today we're talking expletives. We're talking obscenities, execrations, imprecations, maledictions, profanity, swear words, four-letter words, all of which fall under the umbrella of cussing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I, as you just heard, I have another guest with me today. Can you tell the listeners who you are and what you do here at Harper? Hello, listeners. I am Iris McElroy. I am a producer here. A producer? What do you produce? I produce audiobooks. Ooh. <laughs> audiobooks? Never heard of them. JK. <laughs> um, all right. So... <laughs> So, Iris, I'm glad you joined us today because for this week's foray into word nerdery, I've done a very thorough and academic survey. And by that, I mean I opened up a browser tab <laughs> and I did a Google search, and this is what came up on the first page. Great. <laughs> what did you Google? I Googled old curse words. Nice. Yeah. And I found some gems, and I'm going to share them with you. And see if you can tell me what they mean. So do you want me to translate it? Yeah. I want like you to throw something random I'm gonna, out. And I'm going like, to give you the means. words. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to give you the words and I want you to give me what you think the definition is. You ready? I'm excited. Are you excited? Yes, because I may walk away with some very... Right? I was kind of... I'm like, you know what? These I'm. We want to bring these back. I think we should bring these back. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Numero uno. Beard splitter. Oh, beard splitter. Mm hmm. Like, do you call someone a beard splitter? It is a noun. Like a fuckwad? <laughs> uh, no. I mean, you can. Is that what you think it means? Is that your final oh, hold answer? On. Beard splitter. Like a dick? I don't know. Oh, there you go. It is a Victorian word for penis. Wow. That is gross. <laughs> <laughs> both impressive and frightening that you got that right <laughs> i don't know if we want to bring that one back yeah i agree number two bed swerver hmm bed swerver like a harlot not too bad it's actually a slang word for cheater Oh. So similar in the Harlot family. I just didn't want to say the word. <laughs> <laughs> that word feels so problematic. <laughs> I'm definitely going to bleep that <laughs> with a fun sound effect. Good. <laughs> All right. So next one up on the list. Are you ready? Yeah. Gadzooks. Oh, I love Gadzooks. That's like, gad oh, Oh, <laughs> mm, I mean, yes, it, that's the idea. But what does it mean? What does it mean? I'm asking both you and myself, even though I have it right in front of me. I'm a little confused. <laughs> I mean, it's by like it, a but... term of surprise, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It is a, quote, variant of God's hooks, which I forgot to mention that most curse words in English anyway fall into the category, three categories. So first one is sexual. So beard splitter, got that one covered. Yuck. Um, 
There's also um, scatological, so bodily functions, um, and then religion, which gadzooks. Okay, like, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. I guess blaspheming might be a good way to describe it. Yeah. Yes. So I have ready. Uh Fop doodle. Fop doodle. (laughs) I thought you'd enjoy that one. How do you spell that? Fop doodle. F O P D O O D L E. Fop doodle. Exactly how I thought it would be spelled. <laughs> Fop doodle. Um, is it of sexual or bodily nature, curse word nature? That is a very good question. Um, I would say neither. So it's kind of a trick, but I would say it's closer to, let's say, sexual. Is it another weird word for penis? No, but I might start using it for that right? purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Just be like, oh, man, you sent me a pic of his fop doodle? Like, whoa. Oh, we got a fop doodle pic? Yeah. Ew. <laughs> it actually means dumbass. That's an awesome word for dumbass. Yes. It's kind of an awesome word for anything. <laughs> for anything. It's, like, it, it's, it's going to be my new word. It smacks of Seuss almost. I'm getting hints of Dr. Seuss it in is. here. It's very Seussian. I like it. <laughs> Do you have a pop doodle in your pocket? Or is... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Next word. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Gamma hoosh. Or also... Gamma Roosh. Gamma Roosh? Gamma Roosh? Gamma Hoosh. <laughs> That's also very Susian. It is a little bit. Right? But it's the Gamma Rooshes and the Fop Doodles <laughs> living in this world together. <laughs> I'm honestly stumped on this one. Fop- I'm still stuck on Fop Doodle. <laughs> okay, you give up? I do give up. I'm okay. not sure what that one is. Gamahoosh or gamarouche, a Victorian word for oral sex. I would never have thought that. Neither. That is not. Yeah, no. Neither did I. I had to look it up. I was like, for Wait, real though? did they even have oral sex in Victoria times? What are you I thought talking women about? Were like, I thought that's when women were like hysterical. They've had everything at every time. They just know they choose have. not to talk that's about it. That's true. I'd like that's what I'm saying. I'm surprised that there was even a yes. term for that. Gamma Roosh and the Fop Doodles. <laughs> my new band this name. Is my new band. <laughs> Gadzooks. That's a good band name. All right. Gadzooks. We're going to travel around the world a little bit with this next one. Are Great. you ready? I love it. Caca Fuego. Isn't that Spanish for hot sh- <laughs> It is, in fact, l- Spanish for literally hot sh- <laughs> Caca fuego. <laughs> but isn't, if you're like hot sh- isn't that a good thing? Or no? Um. Oh, actually, <laughs> my extensive research materials, I have it listed as, quote, sh- fire. <laughs> wow, that's appropriate for a lot of things. So it's like our version of trash fire. Mm. You would think so, but it's not. This what do you think it is? Giant pile of caca fuego. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what if I were to say to you that someone was a caca fuego? 
I mean, nowadays, saying someone's hot <laughs> is like, I would say that was like a good thing, but I guess like if you're saying someone, oh, they act like they're hot, <laughs> like you're, you know, kind of dumping on them for acting better than everybody else. That is accurate. Is that what cacafuego means? It means braggart. Ooh, yeah. I just, I work, I work with words <laughs> and I can't think of them ever. No, but that was good. That was a pretty good, that was a pretty good train of thought. I, I applaud your. Thanks. I get there eventually. Mm. Okay. Many paths. <laughs> so this one, I think you'll really enjoy. I want this list, by the way, after we're done. <laughs> um, <laughs> mumble crust. Noun or verb? This is a noun. Mumble crust. Mm-hmm. Got to use your context clues, even though I literally didn't give you any context. But I don't know. Like, I feel like my sensibility is getting all delicate all of a sudden. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, you can't say what you're thinking <laughs> on this podcast. That's okay. I'll bleep it. I don't know what this word is. Okay. I'm stuck on the crest part. That's a not nice word. It sounds like a really terrible type of music that teens are putting out. <laughs> yeah, that my new favorite mumble crust band. <laughs> but it <laughs> But it actually means um it's a medieval word referring to a toothless beggar from a medieval theater comedy. Is it a Shakespearean word? It doesn't say that it's Shakespearean, but yeah, I'm guessing toothless beggar is the is the key So part. like if you really want to insult your friend, you just call him a dirty mumble crust? I guess so. You don't even have to say dirty. You can just, just It's implied. You're a mumble crust. <laughs> okay, so sticking with our theme of people. Mm-hmm. Next one I have is rake fire. Rake fire. Rake fire. That's somebody who's, who like stirs <laughs> up. Like someone who's literally raking fire? Who's like, yeah, yeah, basically. That, that's a reasonable guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually means someone who has overstayed their welcome. Ooh, that's interesting. The whole fire thing, the hearth, the home. You mean the hearth? That. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's word nerd. This is a safe space. You can say whatever you want. I know words. <laughs> um, I like your definition better, though. It, to me, it makes a little bit more sense if someone's like a <laughs> stirrer. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate that. All right. So I will say these cuss words are a lot more creative than what we have now. I think it's only in English because I feel like other languages like really go the extra mile with their curse words. In English, it's basically just like, <laughs> damn. Yeah. Yeah. True. Do we have more? We do. Sweet. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Scobberlocher. 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 S-C-O-B-B-E-R-L-O-T-C-H-E-R. For those of you playing at home, Scobberlocher. I mean, it sounds like similar to... These are more insults than curse words, actually. The ones that describe the people. Yeah. Scobber lodger. So I would I would consider this an insult. Probably has something to do with people being poor and dirty. 
considering that's what some of the other insults were about. That's a reasonable guess, but in this case, it actually means someone who never works hard. So kind of wow. like someone who's lazy. Ouch. <laughs> Scubber lodger. That's a long word to say, to like insult someone. Yes. Like, that's serious. Yeah. What, what? When was this from? I don't know, but this is probably Victorian. That's quite a word. I have that based on nothing other than that it's a long word. <laughs> they must have really valued their hard work. <laughs> You know, some days you just don't feel like doing shit. Oh my god. Doesn't mean I'm a scobberlatcher. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think this is a good one to end on. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Our farfanarf. (laughs) (laughs) Our farfanarf. Have you said this before? No. In your life? (laughs) I feel like. You've said this before. <laughs> um, I feel attacked. When would I ever have said our farfanarf? I don't know. You're very knowledgeable about things, and sometimes you will just say sh- <laughs> that I'm like, what? Okay. Hilarious. What but is this thing that you're when saying? When I say things you don't understand, do they sound like our farfanarf? <laughs> I feel like Charlie Brown's mother, like you're just hearing <laughs> trombone sounds like when I'm talking. Out. It's like normal fometa voice and then it's like wah, 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 <laughs> Good morning, Iris. How are you doing today? Our far for an hour for like it just <laughs> I saw I read a really interesting book the other day and there I found it to be very our far for an hour for like <laughs> Just fill in for any word in that I say. Our far from our far from. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe you just heard me mumble it under my breath when I was doing my extensive research for this segment. <laughs> Maybe. I, whatever it is, I love this word. <laughs> our right. farfanarf? Our farfanarf. It has an apostrophe in it. Whoa. I know. Fancy. Where is it? After it's the AR? A R F. A R F. A N apostrophe. A-R-F, yes. Arf, arf, and arf. Why the apostrophe I don't there? know. I don't understand. Okay. Maybe they maybe they cut out another arf. <laughs> <laughs> arf, arf, and arf, arf, arf. <laughs> and this is the moment where Fometa is broken. It needs a moment. <laughs> dying okay okay our farfanarf our farfanarf is it an insult it is an insult yes okay i mean this of all the words this has got to mean right pretty close okay we're like dick or dumbass or i think dumbass was your favorite fop doodle oh that's right fop doodle's a dumbass yes well this is i don't know this our farfanarf might beat out Fop Doodle as a favorite now. So I would say ah. that's okay. my final answer. Final answer. That is a good guess, but it is incorrect. Of course it is. Our farfanarf is a Victorian term for a drunkard. That's <laughs> that what the inner not what I was expecting. That's what the internet's taught me. <laughs> Iris. What the internet says goes, I understand. Yeah, if it's on the internet, it has to be true. <laughs> our farfanarf. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today. Did you have a good time? I had the best time. 
I learned so many new words. Do you feel wordy? Do you feel nerdy? I feel wordy, a little nerdy. Garamouche and the Fop Doodles <laughs> featuring our Varfanoff is my favorite mumble crust band. <laughs> oh my god, I love mumble crust. It's like the best. Harper Audio Presents is a presentation of HarperCollins Publishers. Our staff includes Beth Ives, Fameta Sawyer, Nathan Rossborough, and me, Andrew Caberline. Follow us on Instagram at Harper Audio and reach out to us on Twitter at Harper Audio Presents.